Welcome to the Athletes Record, where athletes share an honest account of the highs and lows in their sporting life, the things that matter most to them, and their hopes for the future. This podcast is brought to you in association with Gym Plus Coffee, an athleisure brand and community of people with a passion to make life richer. To see their full range, visit gympluscoffee.com. In this episode, we hear from seven-time All-Ireland Senior Football Championship winner with Dublin, Paddy Andrews. Paddy reflects on a time when it was all nearly over before it started, when he was dropped from the panel by manager Pat Gilroy in Dublin's breakthrough season in 2011. Pat Gilroy took over from St Vincent's in 2009. I remember at the time it, it was it was a surprising choice because Pat had just literally the year before when the All-Ireland Club Championship was playing with St Vincent's he wouldn't have had managerial experience um, and he was announced that quite a young guy obviously like say, he, he just finished playing and he was going to come in and take over the Dublin senior football team so me having experienced that having a year under my belt were, were pillar it's like excited you've kind of done your apprenticeship new coach comes in I think for the whole team it, it was like okay there's going to be a bounce here you know, we learned our lessons. We got a bad defeat against against Throne. Was Pat going to be the guy to bring us onto the next stage? And for me personally, this was now my career was going to kick off off here. So Pat came in. We we had a pretty decent start to the year. I was playing a bit more. So again, this was kind of feeding. I still wasn't doing anything different. I was still kind of having the crack with my mates, doing a bit of training, and just assuming that this would become easier and easier and easier. Played a couple of games. It was going well in the National League. We won the Leinster Championship um, with Dublin in 2009. We bet Kildare. Um, Kildare were quite good at the time. It was under McGinney. Uh, so Kildare were going strong. And we bet them in a really brilliant game in the Leinster final. And the momentum was building again with Dublin. New coaches come in. Pat Gilroy's the solution. Younger players are coming through. I myself was, again, very similar to... I was mirroring my own thoughts around what... what People thought about the team that okay, this is the breakthrough now, and sure enough, we were due to play Kerry in the 2009 All Ireland quarter final. So, Kerry again had won all the All Irelands, had all the amazing players the Kalelis, the O'Shea's, Gooch, one of the best teams ever. And they'd, they'd had a bit of a bad run, they were coming through the qualifiers, they nearly lost a couple of games. I think, um, I think Sligo or Antrim had nearly beaten them. So, again. This kind of narrative got around the Dublin team that Dublin were going to be favourites to win this game against Kerry. We learned absolutely no lessons from the year before with Toronto. It was carbon copy. Here's a team that had won loads of all Ireland in the previous decade, had all the players that had won the All-Stars and done everything, and here's Dublin, who hadn't even been to an all Ireland final in 14 years at that time. And sure, I was swept along with this. <laughs> it was like, we're going to beat Kerry, this is great, this is easy. And we played them on bank holiday Monday. <laughs> we lost by 17 points absolutely obliterated bloodbath and sitting in the changing room after the game and kind of thinking wow how did that happen how did that happen and sure enough I go away I think I was 21 at the time I played in, in the game ended up marking the gooch catastrophe um, but my attitude after that was like sure I'll be back next year it'll be grand even at that point, I still wasn't learning the lessons of you need to pay the price. What are you doing? What extra things are you doing? How are you becoming 
the best player you can be? How are you becoming the best teammate for all these players on the team? Alan Brogan, Kieran Williams still playing at the time. I can't. What was I doing to help them and help the other te- my teammates? But I, I just was not thinking that way. My mindset, my attitude was like, I'm young, I'll be back next year, Dublin will be back next year, and just not taking in the lessons. So that was my mindset in the off-season. But Pat Gilroy, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant coach, his attitude had changed. And he'd say, okay, we need to change everything about this team. We are not getting closer to winning all Ireland. We're getting further away. We need to bring in new, younger players. We need to be more hungry. We definitely need to be more humble. And we need to start outworking our opposition because we're not good enough to just sail, sail along and win all Ireland. We need to start paying the price. So that was the message that was going to start coming in in 2010 and ultimately, ultimately, which would lead to all Ireland success in 2011. But I still wasn't on that train. <laughs> I was still, I'll be fine. I'll be grand, lulled into a false sense of security and lacking that self-awareness of what it takes to be really successful at the elite level. And it snowballed in 2010. I was captain of DCU when we won the Sigerson Cup. Brilliant DCU team, loads of inter-county players, Brian Cullen, uh, Carl Craig, Paul Flynn, Philly McMahon, all these guys have amazing careers. And I, I was captain and we won the Sigerson. And that was, again, just re-emphasising I still hadn't changed. Still going out with mates at the weekend, still not training as hard as I needed to. But it was starting to turn for Dublin with me. Pat was starting to get frustrated with me. And, and Pat was starting to get frustrated with Dublin as a whole, with the team. He's like, we need to change our attitude. We need to start working harder. We need to be harder to play against, harder to beat. And all of a sudden, I was kind of not playing as much. I was thinking, I've done. I've played two years with Dublin. I've kind of nearly done the apprenticeship in my head. That's what I was thinking. This was going to be like a breakout year for me, and it was the exact opposite. I was playing less and less and less. I remember conversations with, with, with Pat. You're not working hard enough. Penny hasn't dropped. We need more from you. You know, you have talent. We get that. You get that. We know you think you have talent, but um, we need to start matching that with hard work and with commitment and and things like that, and basically becoming a good teammate. And I was going, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely, absolutely. But bear in mind, I was still on that, that train of kind of thinking I was a better player than I was. Dublin narrowly lose the All-Ireland, lose the Cork in the All-Ireland semi-final that year. I don't see a minute of action. So the warning signs are there for me. Um, Cork won and win the All-Ireland. But Dublin had, had a big win that summer. They, they beat Toronto for the first time in 2010. Ono Gara scored a very famous goal. And that was the start of the turning point. So with any of these things, when you're changing the culture, you're changing the the atmosphere and the attitude of a group, at, at some stage, you need to get evidence out of it. You need to have something tangible to go. We've changed everything. What are the rewards of it? And that Tyrone win was a big moment for, for Pat, for justification for what he was changing in Dublin, but also for the players. In 2011, Dublin met Cork in the Allianz Football League Division 1 final. Dublin were 8 points ahead after 40 minutes and looked to be heading for their first league title since 1993. But Cork launched a comeback and beat Dublin that day in a match that had consequences for Paddy's future as a Dublin player. We lost the National League final to Cork in 2011 and blew a big lead. I think we're 6 or 7 points up and that would have been a big win for, for Dublin. We hadn't won the National League in years. 
and we threw away a lead. We weren't street smart, we weren't hard enough, we were still cutting little corners. We were on the right path, but we, we still weren't there yet. So we were fuming at the end of the National League. I, again, hadn't pulled up any trees. And it was at that point, Pat kind of lost it with me. It was the only way to describe it. The penny hasn't dropped you. You've been here three years. You're still doing the same things. You're still not being a good teammate. You're still not willing to pay the price. We're actually just, we're finished with you. Go back to your club. And I, I was shocked. Looking back now, I can't believe I was shocked. I'm shocked that I was shocked. Because it was so obvious what was going to happen. But it all comes back to that thing for me throughout my teenage years. And there's benefits to playing and being successful underage. That gives you that experience. You see, okay, the level it takes to try and be successful. And it gives you confidence in your ability. I'd gone over the hill on that. I'd gone over that though. I was overly confident and hadn't learned hard lessons. And that's something I'd be very aware of looking back now and when I kind of speak with younger players that come out to the Dublin team or you're coaching in summer camps or you're back in your club, the earlier you can learn those lessons and deal with those setbacks and build that resilience and just have that awareness. What does it take? What do I really want to achieve? And having that focus. And it's very hard. For, for teenagers or younger players to have that but as soon as, as soon as you get that it just opens up so many doors you can then go to the next level and, and be successful whereas I was 23 years of age at the time still hadn't realised that and Pat had just had enough Paddy you're gone cut off the National League and that was finally I, it had hit home for me I might never play for Dublin again all of these things years and years of just assuming that this would happen and I'd be fortunate enough and I'd go on and I'd win all Ireland's, taking it for granted. There I was at 23, finished, I might never play for Dublin again. And it was hard. It was a hard, hard place to be. I was still immature, but I was beginning to realise Dublin are going to win the all Ireland. I knew they'd win, <laughs> because I knew what Pat had done and I knew what the players had given. Even though Kerry were probably favourites going in, there was a there was a new attitude and a new culture in that Dublin team. And I just thought, they're, they're not going to lose this game. It's all over. Dublin have won the Ireland. The most dramatic, the most wonderful of finishes. Kerry beaten. Dublin. Trip triumph. What a triumph. And Stephen Cluxton has done it as Dublin end a long, barren spell of some 16 years. Elation just seeing what it meant because I, like I said I've been teammates of those guys some of the guys are the whole way up you know, Dermot Conlon these guys Philly McMahon guys I would have played with from, from youngster they'd done it and then just the realisation that they did it I, I didn't do it if anything I nearly held the team the team back I didn't contribute to, the, to that team I hadn't been a positive impact on myself or on the group my brother had been part of it for a number of years and hadn't got hadn't got over the line and a team that I should have been if I had seen the warning signs and been willing to pay the price and, and understood what it was required to be successful at Intercounty Eleven and an elite sport. If I had just had that awareness at an earlier age, it could have been a part of it. But for want of a better word, I was a moron. <laughs> you know, and looking back, that's the only way you could describe myself. An idiot. And I watched that game from my parents' couch. On my own. They couldn't go to Crow Park. Didn't want to watch it with friends, going out on the 
beer with the lads. I've been doing too much of that. That's what it cost me in the end. I cried, I have to say, in a few tears. Definitely feeling sorry for yourself. Everything I thought that would come easy to me and had taken for granted was gone then. And finally, the penny dropped. As Dublin were crowned champions without Paddy, the then 23-year-old was left with a choice to either continue trying to enjoy his life outside football or put in the work to make his way back into contention with Dublin. His decision to go back playing with his club that season proved to be a fateful one. When they won the game, and Dublin were the All-Ireland champions, and they finally got to the top of the hill, I had kind of two options. And I remember having this conversation with my, my mum and dad later that week. Didn't talk to them that evening. And they kind of said, well, look, they knew I was obviously upset that I missed out. They said, well, what are you going to do now? Because you have two options. Knock it on the head and, and kind of go and play soccer with your mates and kind of have the crack, what you've been doing. Are you going to be happy doing that? Or, or turn around, go back and play with your club, try and be the best player you can be and hope that Pat or whoever the Dublin coach is in the future will give you an opportunity. And when you get that opportunity, you do everything you can. You leave no stone unturned. You pay the price. You do everything that you haven't been doing. Because they're the two choices. Whatever makes you happy, go and do it. And at that point, I made the decision that, okay, I'm going to go back and, and try and do everything I can. I'm going to go down and play with St. Bridget's, try and play well and, and help the club be successful. And hopefully that, that might open the door to play with Dublin. But that, that was the, the choice I had at that time. And then winning the All-Ireland probably helped that. Because I'd seen, I'd seen the just elation for the players for the county, for Dublin GA. Like, it, it inspired me. Of course it did. I'm sure it inspired loads of kids today when, when they watch Dublin win All-Irelands. It's like, okay, there's the, the kick in the, the backside that you've been waiting for for 10 years. <laughs> there's no bigger kick than that. And I've said this before, and I've spoken with Pat Gilroy about it since, and I've spoken with loads of people about it. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. That day was the start of my Dublin career, not the three or four years of nonsense I'd produced before that. That was the turning point. I had a great season with my club, said Bridget, and we won the Dublin Championship for, for only the second time in our history. About six, six or seven weeks after Dublin won the All Ireland. You know, we beat Kilmacord and the Fane, and then we beat Ballymon, and then we were Plunkett in the final. And that was a huge moment for me because it was. You know, you speak about when you're changing habits, or you're changing culture, or you're changing your attitude. You want those affirmation. You want that moment where you go, this is paying off. And I got it quite quickly. I was fortunate to get it quite quickly that I kind of got the head down and said, right, Dublin lads are off celebrating one day all Ireland and the city was going mad and obviously friends and stuff like that. Going, geez, we'll go out tonight. And so I was like, no, this is, this is the test now. What's my response going to be to it? And I got the head down and, pl- and played with Bridget. And one of my best seasons with Bridget's and we won the championship. So it seemed pretty quickly, go, Jesus, Paddy, why didn't you do this five years ago? All of a sudden you started working hard and making the sacrifices and getting a little taster of what it would take to be successful. And like I said, it was just like a new start, but it was really a weight off my shoulders in a way. In terms of football, I'd reached rock bottom. 
I, I nearly got to the stage where I accepted I might never play intercounty football again. That's it. So all you can do now is just go and try and do your best. And I decided I want to do this. I want to give it a go. I'm winning the championship with Bridget. We got to the Leinster club final. We ended up losing that by a point just before Christmas. I knew I was playing well enough. And I was seeing the rewards of my hard work. And we got a call off Pat Gilroy. We're back training in January for the 2012 season. Fair play to him, what you did with the club. You got the head down. Seems like the penny's dropped. Come back. Come back on the Dublin panel. Paddy credits his dramatic turnaround in his fortunes to Pat Gilroy. We spoke to the former Dublin manager to get his perspective on where Paddy was in his football career in 2011. He was one of those characters who really was in a squad because he, he was always quite upbeat and would always sort of throw in his loss, which whatever, whatever the game plan, if you had through the jersey, you had a cornerback or corner forward, he didn't really make a fuss of it. And he'd just get on with it. But I knew his brother probably better than him before I took over as manager. And Padder was so dedicated and never left the stone unturned. I couldn't really figure out why Paddy wasn't the same, you know, in terms of the sort of relentless pursuit of, of being the best that he could be. But again, I would have always got on well with him and, and had a great time for him. But I think he just needed that at that age. You know, life had been kind of easy to him or had fallen his way. And like one of your own children, sometimes you have to be tough with them to, to get out the best out of them. And I think with Paddy, he, he responded very well. Like he was great in the following year. And then obviously, subsequently, he got on to do fabulous things with Dublin and stuff. I'm sure he wasn't too happy with me at the time, but I think over time he could see he needed a kick in the ass, really. Do I think I would have had the success after if Pat had kept me? No chance. Not not even remotely close. No way. I was sleepwalking. Like. Total ego. Idiot. This will still be fine. It's like, this will be grand, because it's been grand to date. I've gotten away with cutting corners before, I'll be fine. And you need the kick in the purse. I needed it more than that. Some people don't need it much. Some people are fortunate, they have that self-awareness from a really young age. I just wasn't, the penny wasn't dropping. If I'd have stayed on that panel, not in a million years. Pat would have dropped me off the next season, because I wasn't going to change. And then <laughs> Jim Gavin would not have touched me with a barge pole. So not, if I'd have stayed on that, that panel that summer in 2011, I'd be sitting here now. Well, I wouldn't be sitting here because you have no interest in talking to me because I'd be a sham. I'd have one All-Ireland medal, which I never played a minute of, and I'd probably be drinking away happy as Larry, claiming, claiming that. There's no way I would have had the experience, be fortunate to be part of of such a special team over the last number of years and that's what I'm nearly most proud of being able to be part of that that group of players and that team and yeah there's like 27 all Ireland's is incredible blessed like way way better players than me <laughs> that, that, that don't have any so I understand how fortunate I was but that's probably the proudest thing that I, I changed my, my habits I changed my mentality I changed my attitude to my teammates to, to the culture of Dublin GAA and I'm very proud of that. The biggest things I take from retiring a couple of months ago and the conversations I have with 
now ex-teammates or even ex-coaches and players who would have played with throughout that kind of 10-year period. That's their memory of me now. They're the conversation, but geez, fair play to you. Like, remember this or remember that or, or help them kind of be part of building the culture and the the standards that the Dublin GAA senior football team stands for today to be a, to be a part of that at all. It's incredible for me. And looking back, well, what a what a change! What well, what a change in my approach to it. But it all started. My career started the day Dublin won the All Ireland in twenty eleven. The, the three or four years, the underage stuff, everything before that wasn't setting me up for anything. And I'm very grateful that it happened. Yeah. Jim had come in in 2013 and had played under Jim under 21 and been a, a decent player for him and Jim knew me like he knew where I'd been I'd kind of he knew my talent and Jim in his way Jim is very forward <laughs> you want to play show me show me how much you want to play you'll get an opportunity and then it's up to you I can't do any more for you I know there's talent there but you need to show me that you're good enough to play at this level. Because I'd gone nearly a full 180. I, I thought it was great and it was easy to play at that level. Whereas that was a huge setback when I was dropped. And self-doubt starts sweeping me. Oh, geez, maybe I'm not. You know, I'm trying to find that balance between overconfidence and then self-doubt, trying to find that happy medium. So 2013 was just, that was the ultimate for me. That, that first All-Ireland. and Proving to myself that I could do it proving to my, my friends and my family and my teammates most importantly as well that, that, that they could rely on me and it was actually before it was the semi-final we played Kerry in that unbelievable game yeah, very famous Kevin McManaman's goal but that was my first I was playing centre forward scored a couple of points that was one of the greatest games of GA ever 82,000 people unbelievable atmosphere Dublin Kerry and I was in the middle of it and I played well and helped the team win. And I remember coming off after that. So we didn't even won the All-Ireland. We were only won the semi. But that was a moment for me where it was like, okay, I feel like I'm I'm here. This is what I want to do. This is what it's for. Like that atmosphere. Kevin scores that goal. I was gasping for breath down the other end. I was knackered. He was running after Tomas O'Shea. But I remember he scored that goal. And I was just like, you ask any of the lads about We've been fortunate to have incredible success. But that moment, the Crow Park, I've never heard noise like it. Michael Dunham McCauley, brilliant. Here's Kevin McManaman. Memories of 2011 as he bursts through. The sides are level. McManaman still going. He's got it. He's still going. Can't take the point. What a goal from Kevin McManaman. He's fired clearly off his line. And he's got the move that takes Dublin to the All-Ireland final. And I was like, this is what it's about. Like, this is what it's for. This is this is why you've done everything over the last 18 months. And it was worth it. And it was also like a belief in me that, okay, I can, I can do this. I, I can help the team. And then three weeks later, we, we bet Mayo. And we won the All-Ireland. It was my first or second for all the lads. James, James' first year. I think I was crying on the pitch. I think Clucko gave me a hug. And he was kind of laughing. <laughs> He's like... Finally, you useless idiot. <laughs> finally, fair play to you. Like, finally, you're copped on. Um, and we laughed about that, but it was relief. It was relief more than anything, you know. 
we were just sitting there on the pitch afterwards. Beautiful day. Scraped through against Mayo, as would tend to be the case over the next few years. And it was like, not ecstasy, it was just relief. It was like, oh, Jesus, finally you have one. Thanks to the lessons he learned in 2011, Paddy Andrews went on to win seven All-Ireland medals. By 2020, Paddy was playing less and less in the starting 15, but manager Desi Farrell convinced him to stay on, and he was part of Dublin's historic six-in-a-row success, before finally announcing his retirement. In my heart, I kind of wanted to come back because I just loved the team and the group. So we had the conversation within two minutes. I was like, no, I 100% want you to, to come back. I still think you can play and you're going to get opportunities to play. So you're simply gym, you're going to give you an opportunity. Won't be many of them. Go out and show me what you can do. But definitely want to keep it in the group. So we went away delighted. Worked my backside off to, to try and, and contribute on the pitch. And I ended up playing, a, I think it was like the second game, I tore my hamstring, like grade three hamstring <laughs> tear against Monaghan, like five minutes into a game in Crow Park. I was out for 12 weeks. I was like, oh shit, like you don't, you don't need that. <laughs> like, like you're trying to, like I said, I've gone back to the stage of trying to prove myself all over again, nearly like a youngster. Because that's the stage my career was at. So that was hard. That was hard. Times in the year it was difficult. Then COVID obviously happened. I was like, Jesus Christ, there's not even going to be a championship. But all through that, it was kind of, I could see the team, young players were coming through, Paddy Small, Sean Bogler, Niall Scully was kind of really, it was that thing again. The team was developing again. And that was now my role. You know, you're injured, probably not going to play much. Can you help these guys? Because I was those guys. I would have loved, you know, kind of had learned the lessons. I, I, I wished it wouldn't have taken me to be dropped and missing all Ireland to learn those lessons. So I was always aware of that throughout my career, kind of helping, speaking with guys on the team, younger guys, or any sort of advice. Some guys don't want advice, some guys don't need it, some guys come to you and ask for it. And that was where my role was kind of for, for, for last season. And I loved it. And I loved seeing Scully going and winning his first All-Star. Or, or Paddy Small and Bugsy having great years and, and scoring and contributing in All-Ireland final and winning their first All-Ireland. And things like that. And then also just appreciating this is the, this is your last year. Like, you know, James McCarthy, Dean Rock, Karen Kilkenny, Johnny Cooper, Stephen. Essentially, family. Like, enjoy this period with them and contribute in any way you can. And I got as as much satisfaction of that, and also for, for Desi, like Mick Alvin, incredible guys doing an incredibly difficult job, <laughs> taking over from a five in a row team. COVID happens, trying to manage that. Like it wasn't easy, and just delight for them because they're legends in Dublin GA, and they took that gig. And it's not easy. And for them to win the All-Ireland as well. I remember Daisy ringing me. Like, you're, not, you're not in the squad for the All-Ireland final. And he was more devastated than I was. I kind of knew. I could look, Daisy, this is, this is it for me. I'm not good enough to be there anymore. It was kind of like self-awareness again. It all comes back to that. that you know, I probably don't deserve to be there. There's other players who are better than me now. I, my body can't do it anymore. But Daisy was, was good at it. And I was like, Daisy, don't. Fuck me, like, you know, you've enough to be worried about. we got to beat Mayo, you know, we've got to be ready for this. And any way you can help, I know I'm not going to be on the pitch. But looking back, that's how I, I finished my career. And if you'd have said to me in the summer of 2010 or 2011, when I was 
in, like I say, a moron, an idiot, egomaniac, all those good things, that I would care more about the team and kind of helping in that way than I would about myself or throwing the toys out of the pram if you're not picked or things like that. It's a great journey. I'm very proud of that to, to have done that and it's just brilliant lessons to learn and that's a GAA and I suppose sport and be a part of a team and, and experiencing that true sport forever grateful for it and, and just blessed blessed to be a part of it what, what a group and what a team we've been a part of This episode was brought to you in association with Gym Plus Coffee proudly designed in Ireland Gym Plus Coffee was created in 2017 by three friends on a mission to bring high-quality athletic clothing to the nation that was quickly making the Corner Cafe and Ireland's stunning natural landscape the new social hubs. To see their full range, visit gympluscoffee.com. This episode of The Athlete's Record was produced by James Wynn and Richie Kelly of Record Media. Look out for the next episode of The Athlete's Record or subscribe now on your preferred podcast platform.